welcome to episode 11 of By the Numbers here on CKCC Radio. My name is Matt Durlin. I'm here this week with the chubby daddy, daddy of the galaxy, Trajan Horn, a man who says I referee none of his matches, but this show is going to prove otherwise. <laughs> hello, hello. It is the DOTG, the chubby daddy. How is it going? My good, very, very good friend who has refed, I guess, a few matches, a handful, I'd say, of matches that I happen to participate in. <laughs> <laughs> when I was putting the list together for this one, I was, I'm looking through, because a lot of the guys that have been on the show started way earlier in the books. I'm like, where the fuck does Trajan start in this thing? <laughs> Matt Durlein, that is the... While. That was the first time I ever heard you say fuck, I think. So I think like hearing your like hearing your mom curse for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> um so we're gonna I I guarantee I've cursed in front of you before. That's impossible that I haven't. I don't know. I think of you as a nice, wholesome, dapper man who doesn't say swear words. Well, I, I clearly just proved that wrong twenty seconds ago. <laughs> It might have been your third or fourth. I don't know. You might have stubbed your toe, got excited to interview me, and I don't know. The other two are redacted, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, let's let's not um, let's not um, mess around here. Then let's uh, first start with you introducing yourself to the listeners. Go ahead. All right. So uh, I am the chubby daddy, Trajan Horn. I am the true heavyweight champion out of Berwick and Wilkes-Barre. I participated in events on the uh, independent TV network. And I, uh, wow, that's it. That's the intro I got going for you. <laughs> wow. Um, I did a little so, intro, and then you asked me to intro myself back in. <laughs> well, I meant, like, your wrestling background. Jesus Christ, Trajan, come on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I wrestled every once in a while. I wrestled a couple times. No, all right. So I am trained from uh, by Justin Glory, Backbreakers uh, Training Center, when it was in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And actually, come March, I'll officially be wrestling for five years. Five whole years. That's how long I've been around here. I'm, I guess I'm starting to get old, or I'm still, someone called me a baby the other day. So <laughs> I, I'm unsure exactly where I am. Am I middle aged? Am I a teenager in the wrestling business at this point? Because I feel like I've definitely gotten past being a, a baby, right? I don't know. You're still pretty much an infant at five years. Well, I mean, yeah, all, yeah you've also, I mean, You've been in the business for how long now, right? 20 years? Since 1952. That's two years before I was born. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Or my math could be off, and that could be two years before episode five of Star Wars came out. (laughs) (laughs) I remember before before rainbows had color, Matt Duraline had white and black stripes on his shirt, right? That, that's pretty much what it comes down to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that makes up for that awful intro. <laughs> um, kinda. Now you heard Trajan talk about the independent wrestling network, which he almost got it. Um, some of these <laughs> matches uh, that we're going to talk about tonight, you can see on independentwrestling.tv, aka Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. 
If you are a brand new subscriber to independentwrestling.tv, use the code word NUMBERS, that's N-U-M-B-E-R-S, and get your first five days free. And you can see some of these matches, not this, not some of this older stuff like from True, but as we move along, more of these events do wind up on there. And we're going to start from the beginning here. Uh, our first match together, you're about a year in. And it is April 29th, 2017. We're in Berwick at the Salvation Army, which is where a lot of these matches are going to be. Oh, yeah. Uh, match number 945 in the book. You are one-on-one with Keita Murray. Keita Murray. Uh, so April 29th, 2017. Oh, God, excuse me. <coughs> is, was, and first of all, April 29th is my birthday. So... I was super excited for this match because I love Keita. Keita's uh, I out of anybody right now in my head that I think is is in that top list of boys that are about to get, or anybody like people who are about to get picked up. Uh, it's uh, Keita Murray is definitely definitely on that list. Um, so yeah, so I'm excited because it's my birthday. I'm getting to do one of my favorite things in the whole world, and I'm getting to do it with somebody who uh, I love a whole bunch. So I was very excited going into that match, for sure. Uh, Kida is so good. So, so good. And he has a look. You know what I mean? Like, he just has – it's not even – it's just – he has a look, like, even with his face. Like, when you look at his face – you mean his his body like he's he's just all around he, and he oozes charisma you know not only is he all around talented but the the kid is just like ridiculously talented in the ring and ridiculously charismatic where like a simple smile can pop a crowd with him and that's always it's always good for a heel or it's always good for a baby but it's always super good for a heel because it's like that heel shit eating grin so even when he is baby you're kind of like oh man there's Something brewing up there. So, like, I I love Keita Murray a whole lot, especially in, in the wrestling ring. And I saw him on IWTV a couple months ago. He was on the uh, the Jamie Senegal show. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, working Devin Monroe, and it was a no-ring match. And even in that environment, which is definitely more difficult, I would think, to tell a consistent story without a ring, um, he made it look easy, and uh, that was a very good match. Hell um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's the cool thing about wrestling nowadays is like, you know, and it, it, in order to go into that environment and be able to work, that's a different, that's a different style of work rate right there. You know what I mean? Like that's a different style of. It, it makes you, it makes you, uh, like it diver- diversifies your like wrestling a whole lot because you're able like to be able to do different things. That you're not used to. And it's not every day we're just having. We don't. And a lot of times, like it's not every day that we're having no ring matches and things like that. And it's not. It's not every day that I'm just like, hey man, come over to my house in my living room and we're gonna practice no ring wrestling. You know what I mean? Like that's not something I haven't done since I was a kid. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Were you roughing back then, or were you were were you getting in on the action? Um, oh, no, 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 I, I, that was, in like, being a kid wrestling in the living room, that was, I was wrestling, and there's a reason I'm a ref, so. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, well, even that, you know, I didn't know if you bought two Slam Buddies 
and then you were like repping their match <laughs> since day one. I I put on the ref shirt, and I've I've just always been Matt Matty. <laughs> I, I couldn't even win over the slam buddies. I I was jobbing to them to the point where I I just had to accept my fate as a referee. You had yeah, you had a slam buddy Vince who came up. He's like, listen, kid. You know, it's just not working out. I just really need you to put on the stripes tonight. <laughs> and I, had, I had six years old, bowed my head in shame and said, yes, sir. <laughs> no, Mom, like, I'm still on TV, but, like, I just – I'm on TV more than all the other guys are on TV. <laughs> Sometimes I'm on twice a show. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, speaking of different environments, we are – a couple weeks later at the GSW Arena in Old Forge. And yes. this is match 949 in the book. We are in War Games. Uh, you're on the side War of the United States. You're on the side of the United Stamper Alliance. Um, yeah, that asshole. <laughs> kicking on Team GSW. Let's talk about the experience of being in War Games. Well, it's not the experience of being in uh world championship wrestling war games with dusty roads but no it's uh no i mean it's that whole setup was super fucking sketchy and in a good way because there's a barbed wire like there's there's barbed wire windows cut out of this cage i'll say for fade purposes, uh, because it was a fence, uh, to these wooden, these wooden block frames. It was just, uh, these wooden, like, these wooden wall frames that were built. It was just like, I know this sounds confusing, but it's, it was also confusing to look at, uh, because it was super sketchy. And then it also became, like, those walls after that match became, like, the vendors at the flea market that was next door. And by next door, I mean on the other side of the giant curtain that we're talking about. Uh, it became like, I think they were like hanging clothes and things on like these barbed wire windows and these giant fence wall things. And it was, first of all, probably one of the sketchiest things I've ever done in my life. Uh, I remember I got a tape, I was working at Lowe's and I got a table from this Polish guy who was cleaning out this, uh, like these apartments and he had these two awful tables. And I was just like, yo, I got to grab these. And I remember like throwing them in the work truck and like taking them back and like stashing them away. So I could like bring them to this show. And I think I might've put somebody through it, but brute van like through me through my own table. So like, you know, but it was just being in that environment. First of all, being in that environment, with people who you like a whole bunch and then doing things like throwing each other into barbed wire window cutouts. It's just, I remember a lot of blood being on me. Uh, Tita Murray, I think what knocked out or something like, Oh yeah. Not, not even five minutes into the match. Like I thought he was just, you know, like, I didn't know if it was part of, part of the shtick or if you know like what was going on and like he was just out out you know which is is crazy because like not to go too far into you know what everyone already knows 
but you know, you're going based on you're you have a baseline and that you're playing and like when one of your chord breaks and you got to keep going, you got to figure out how to now play all these songs on a different string. That's not the right string or in the right fucking key. So it's like, it's just, it's, it's just a crazy situation. That whole match was just wild. Um, I mean, that's as much as I could touch on without getting into too much detail on people that shouldn't be mentioned and things that shouldn't be spoken about. But and, and that's okay because we can skip over the redacted parts and we can, um, I, I can tell you, it was my first War Games match. It was the first time I had ever, I had been in cages before, <laughs> but I had never been in something like this. I just remember Kitraff pulling me over the guardrail because we were doing the gimmick that I had been fired by my own sister. <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah, your sister. <laughs> and, um, how, how yeah, your sister, yeah, your sister's nice. She's a sweet lady, but that was that was a whole funny gimmick that she was like the, uh, like the the GM or whatever. She was like, like she and, was the good. And then she turned, and then she went with the United Stamper Alliance, and then she had Kevin Graham choke me out, and then Kevin threw his shoe at me. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> but I remember Kita being pulled out of the cage. And Phil is, because, like, I'm right at the edge of the guardrail so I can be pulled over. And uh, I look at Phil and go, very quietly, now what are we going to do? And Phil's like, I don't know. <laughs> I remember having my face all painted all crazy. And, like, the, cra- the, the cool thing about that match, like, like aesthetically, it was kind of fucking cool. Because it was, like, we were in this, like, super sketchy cage with, like, and, like, GSW's ring is huge. So we were in, like, the sketchy cage. We're in this, like, big-ass ring, and, like, there was a good crowd there from what I remember, so, like, it, it, it felt like, like, it was almost gladiatory. you know what I mean, where it's just, like, we're in this death cage. I, I made the joke to Brad, I was like, what are you guys going to do next, hook car batteries up to it? <laughs> if you, yeah, you get thrown to the cage, you get electrocuted with, you know, 40,000 volts, but it was just, like... Like aesthetically, it was like a, it was a it was a really cool gimmick, and uh, it was a really cool it was a really cool match altogether. I remember Kit Ref pulling me over and and bringing me into the cage so I could ref the finish, and like I'm looking around, I'm inside this thing, and I've been inside of it before, like before the show, we had the test run and put it up, so like I had been inside of it, but it didn't really hit me until I was in there during the match. I'm looking around like, what the. F- fuck am I in right now? (laughs) (laughs) It's weird. Yeah, it's like some kind of weird like indie film horror setup. It It was just super sketchy. And like, let me mind you that like, next door to us is like a, is a flea market. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's just like, and that's like, like, I don't know, that's what makes professional wrestling so strange altogether. It's just like, you know, next door to us, people are selling Polly Pockets that are 15 years old and we're like beating each other with chairs in front of kids and, and an old lady who's like beating us with a cane through this barbed wire fence. Like, it's just like, it's such a, it's a, it's such a weird thing. Uh, It's one of those moments where I'm like, what is this life? (laughs) Oh dude. Yeah. 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 I realize that a lot. Every time there's sometimes where I'm just like, what the fuck? Or who the fuck came up with this? You know what I mean? Like, why are we doing this? And, but it's fun. Like, I, I feel like I, wrestling needs to stay sketchy in sorts. 
it just has to because like wrestling cannot get glamorized in especially in like the indie circuit like it can get better and like things like that but i'm saying there always has to be sketchy characters and sketchy promoters because like a it teaches you to be better but it also just like man the stories and the things you learn from like it's just from like indie wrestling has to be sketchy has to stay sketchy all wrestling has to stay sketchy Forget about staying strong style. Forget about staying whatever. Professional wrestling needs to stay fucking catchy. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we move along back to Berwick. And uh, <laughs> it, it is um, November 25th, 2017. We are back at True. And in match 981, you take on Joe Perfect. I, mean, I had a nice half Nelson suplex in that match. And other than that, I can't really play I, I don't remember it uh, too uh, much. I, I'm trying to remember uh, if this was the time where Joe Perfect insisted that he was going to use this really scary ladder. No, 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 no. That's that doesn't know. That's uh. Hold on, because I have the list right here. That was the ladder match against. That was a ladder match against me and Sam Adams, and. Uh, <laughs> No, yeah, he brought that ladder because he's like, this was going to work. I was like, dude, this ladder is four foot, it's wooden, and it's from, like, the 40s. Like, that's... Dude, I tell you what, real quick, Joe Perfect is probably one of the funniest fucking people I've ever met in my life. So, like, he's an an alright wrestler, but dude is fucking hilarious, man. He is stupid funny. It's just, it's ridiculous. I just remember we're outside the Salvation Army in Berwick, and it's me and Pinhat and Tony Deppin's wife just talking <laughs> about whatever. And here comes Joe Perfect with this ladder he literally found in a dumpster. <laughs> and he goes, I want to use this in a match. And we're like, Joe, that ladder is literally falling apart. You you can't do that. So, like, he, he'd laugh it off, and... um he go like we go back in the conversation a couple minutes later. He he said to us, "I don't know. Like I think it's sturdy enough. We can make it work." <laughs> I was like, "No, Joe." And then they're like, "Okay, okay." And we go back in the conversation. He goes, "I'll be a good painting ladder." <laughs> like he he just kept adding on. It'd be nice, yeah, if you had high ceilings and you need to change a light bulb. <laughs> So after that, we we come back to uh, to Old Forge, the last show at the GSW Arena, match nine eighty seven on December ninth, twenty seventeen. You are one on one with Jacoby Riddick. This is for the GSW HWA Junior White World Heavyweight Dude, Championship, you, the purple belt. It was you know the purple what's, belt. <laughs> you know what's wild about all this shit is like we were just talking about like. Uh, me still kind of being like a baby in all of this, you know what I mean? Cause it's like, you feel like you've lived so much and like you do, it feels like you live and do so much that like when you look back on it, it feels like a hundred years in this business. And then you're like, Oh my God, I've only been done doing this for five years. But even in the wildest spectrum of this, like, so dude, this match with Jacoby Riddick is like, I've wrestled a bunch of matches at this point. But like I'm still very, very early on in this career. Joe Jacoby Riddick is a lunatic in the ring. Like that man is absolutely just 
insanity. Uh, he's also like, I, the cool thing about Jacoby Riddick is I've gotten to go to, uh, I've hung out with Jacoby at music festivals. So like, and he's a completely different human being. Like he's still super intense though. You know what I mean? Like it's just like, just jawline or something. That dude's just like, we'll be out of, we'll, I could see him at like a rave and he's just like, Still looking at any point in time, you could just jaw Claude Van Damme, motherfucker. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I buy it. I buy it, dude. But he's like, yeah, it's like, um, I yeah, this is definitely the match. I think I beat him on because I think we had like two or three, and there's supposed to be some kind of big payoff. But I don't know if this was the King of the Valley tournament, right? This was the month after King of the Valley. This because King of the Valley was at Turkey Bowl. And then this was Dude, the month after. This is this, didn't you super like give oh, yeah, him? No. I gave him a, to the crowd. I know. No, no, no. Well, technically, yeah, I gave him. Dude, this is probably one of the gnarliest things I've ever done, and I forget about this all the time. And it's locked into IWTV, and I don't know how to get clips off of IWTV because I'm also like. An old man when it comes to technology. Uh, but yeah, I gave him, uh, like a spinning Uranagi over the barrier through two chairs onto concrete and he hit like the tip of the chair. And this was like his idea. Like I was just like, I kind of like riffed how cool it would be to get thrown over like onto people and he was just like, no, do it, you know, do it through the chairs on the, and like, chairs weren't set up like a table. Like, people moved, and then I picked him up, spun him 180, and like, slammed him down, and like, he hit, like, he just bent the asses of the chairs. It was like, such a crazy spot. Like, I was, and, for, for no, for nothing. Yeah, like, not for nothing, cause it was like, obviously good times and memories, and like, and, and for the fans there, but it was just like, Dude, I could have killed him. <laughs> like, he could have died. He was all for it. Like, that's the crazy thing about him. Like, when he was wrestling, it was just like, he was all for it. Just like, you know what, whatever. Like, I'll accept it because that, that's going to look really, really cool. Like, Jason Furious is like that. You know what I mean? Or he's just, like, if it's going to look good, it's going to look good. Let's go for it. And, you know, we'll face the consequences down the road. So it's just like, dude, that was, in, yeah, the whole spot's insane. And the fact that, like, that's just lost in archives, essentially. I hope I hope people get to see that someday, cause that's, or more people see that someday, because that was, that was pretty wicked. Well, if you look up December 2017 on IWTV, you can you can see that show. Yeah, what's um, the promo code for it? Numbers, N-U-M-B-E-R-S, gives you five free days as a new user. Listen, and, I've, been doing, I've, been doing, I've been doing podcasts. I've been killing it on the assist on, like, uh, like putting it, like, like, Pitching things and stuff like that. Or like, I did that the other day where like, we were about to get off the podcast. I was like, Oh, and by the way, where can you find me at? Or where can you find you at? And like, cause we never, I don't think we got a chance to even really talk about what our gimmick, like what like our social medias were. So I just like, <laughs> before we head off, I got one more thing to say. I'm like, what? I was like, where can you find, you know what I mean? So I'm trying well, to market and advertise. You're doing a great job. Um, I will say. We cross paths later on. I don't have the Battle Royal in here because I don't, I don't keep Battle Royals in the book. But I don't remember we, Battle Royals. We were at Excite, and 
you and uh, Aaron Roxas and a whole bunch of other people were in this battle royal <clears throat> at, up at um, the X, and Jake was one of the last two, and he was killing that girl. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, dude, even better. So, at this point, me and Jake, Jacoby, are well acquainted as friends. Uh, like, we've hung out and have, uh, you know, like, in, like, partied together, essentially, for multiple days together. And I didn't even know this cat was wrestling. So as soon as I found out he's in the Battle Royal, I'm like, all right, let's fucking go. You know what I mean? Like, I, like dude, it's definitely going to come down to just me and you being at the end here. Like... I don't think we made it all, I wasn't, I don't think I, I wasn't all the way at the end, but like, it was a point where it's just going to be me and him, where we were like, clear the ring, me and you, we're going at it. And he beat the hell out of that chick and everyone else. And every time it would come down to me and him, he would always like grab somebody and put him in front of me. And then like, we got, we had our, like a quick little moment where like, we were about to start getting at it. I think we might've thrown a couple strikes at each other and then chick got broken up, but I was I was terribly disappointed because I was just so ready to just go at it with them for like even five seconds. And just like didn't really happen the way I wanted it to. I, I dude, I love Jacoby. Like, I would love to, would love to wrestle him. A lot of those upstate kids. And uh, even I'm going to talk about like even those New York city kids, like New York pushes out some, some good dudes and Jacoby Riddick's one of them. So I hope he gets, time back in the ring. I'm sure he will. um, Because he is one intense kid, I'll tell you. (laughs) He's like a very nice guy. But once he's in the ring, like, steer clear. (laughs) Absolutely, Um, yeah. So then we go back to True. And we are going to Mill Hall, Pennsylvania. Mill Hall. Oh! (laughs) <laughs> I think this is the I think this is the match. Okay, go ahead. Match nine ninety eight. Um, it's March thirty first, twenty eighteen. We are at a senior class. It was a senior project. <laughs> and um, that, that girl Erica, who who um, yeah. I think briefly trained. Um, her senior project was to run a wrestling show, and you got to wrestle Tommy Hart, now known as Tommy Vex. And it sounds like you've got some stuff to discuss here. <laughs> I think this is a match where I almost killed him. I almost broke his back. Is this the match? Um, I, I don't remember a specific spot where you almost killed him, but it's definitely possible. All right. So I think this is the match I'm thinking about because I've wrestled. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about the time frame. So, yeah. So I give this dude a Uranagi. <laughs> on the outside on the apron and like there's a tarp on the outside so when I want to go like get him up and turn him over I just kind of like I'm just all tangled up in my feet and he came off me a little bit early and he landed in the middle of the outside like on the apron where it connects down where the curtain would have or like the you know drape down and the middle he landed in the middle of his back where, like, half was on, half was off. And, like, literally down his spine was just, like, this giant, like, brush burn, black and blue spot. And I feel terribly bad, bad, so I'm obviously just like, hey, man, 
like, you want to end this? He's like, no, we got another spot. The next spot was me getting him a German suplex. And he went in, took that shit. I love Tommy Hart. I love Tommy Vex so much. I, that match ended. I'm pretty sure he came out with, this is a match, if this is all the same match, sorry, match I'm about, he came out with, uh, Desiree. Yes. Yeah, and the finish was like a roll up, like she, or a, it was his finish, but like, she kissed me, I stumbled back into his finish, cause I was like, ah, that kiss was gross. And then like, I stumbled back into his finish, what a dumb finish that was. What a good match, that was a good match, I, I, I almost killed Tommy. And then I will, like, Cause Tommy was my second match I've ever had, and he kicked me in the head with cowboy boots, like legitimate cowboy boots. So like, fuck him. He had it coming, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have one more match before we take a quick break. Here, we are in Tawanda, Pennsylvania, at Northern Tier Wrestling. It is May twentieth, twenty eighteen. Your team was Clay Drasher. And you are taking on the team of Little Daddy C and Axel Lennox in match 1003. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I did a, I, you know, before that match, Stan, uh, Styling, Styling Stan, oh, what's the last name? Uh, Styling Stan Styles, what's his name? Comes out to shake weight and the, the, That's Stan team. Styles. Yeah, yeah, he came out with, uh, he left his whipped cream out. So when I came out for my entrance, I was eating whipped cream. So I looked at Brad and I did a whip it quick. And he just like looked at me and he was like, you're a fucking moron. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, that match was probably, uh, that match was super easy because like, act, like, Little Daddy C is as basic as, can, if he could be as basic as can be, is pretty solid. And like, Lennox, it's just like an, Lenny, Lennox was like he'd either play in Motorhead or he could, or he's a professional wrestler. You know what I mean? Like, he kind of reminds me of that Simpsons villain where it's like this dude with the, like, he always has like the jean jacket on. He's like, you know what I mean? But it's just like that match, I think I got hit in the balls with a, like they rolled a ball of like a basketball or something into my balls in the corner. And we also did the gimmick where we, like, dude, the match was, like, I think 10, 15 minutes long or something like that. And we, like, it was a gymnasium separated. So we went on the other side of the gymnasium and just, like, fucked off for, like, five or six minutes just, like, bullshitting and banging on the wall. <laughs> we went back in. The crowd was like, yeah. And we were like, yeah, fucking easiest five minutes of my life. I didn't have to do anything. Bang on a wall like a bunch of kids. I remember this match being a lot of fun. I remember this day, this entire day, being really ridiculous. Yeah. I remember the drive there, seeing all the random stuff between Tunkanic and Tawanda, like all the weird, <laughs> like, backwoods businesses that we that we saw on the way. And I remember the opening of the show was the national anthem, of course. And they found, like, the five-finger death punch version <laughs> that was like nine minutes long and it had yeah. a guitar solo of the entire national anthem in the uh, middle of it and how can you not how can you not have that and we're just backstage and Tommy Vex and I are staring at the curtain like and Jeff the rest we're all looking at each other like 
what is happening? Why is this still on? Um, Dude, that's what I'm saying. Sketchy. Wrestling needs... Wrestling needs to stay sketchy. Like, that's a sketchy environment. I'm pretty sure there's a problem with, like, pay. Where, like, I'm pretty sure we're, like... (laughs) We're, like, almost holding up the promoter at that point. (laughs) Um... That that's a story that I'm not gonna help. I'm not gonna publicly <laughs> tell that story here. All I would I say, all I'm I would on, say, I'm on is, Twitter right now and posting. All I will say is, if you are going to complain about paying the photographer, you should not do so while standing next to one of the photographer's closest friends. And if you're going to say that you're going to punch the photographer in the face. You should not do that while standing next to one of the photographer's closest friends. Yeah, the photographer's closest friend took his glasses off. (laughs) (laughs) And that's when the photographer knew that something was up. (laughs) And with that said, we're going to hear from a couple of... um, Couple couple of our podcasting friends here, so stay tuned. Uh, you're listening to CKCC Radio with Trajan Horn on By the Numbers. I'm Jason, and I'm David, and we're the hosts of the Non North Sports Podcast. We're the home of sports talk for everyone. Join us bi-weekly as we talk about the happenings in sports. You can find the Non North Sports Podcast on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you find your podcasts. Hey friends, Chris O'Mealy here, and if you're into nerd culture like I am, then you'll love my show, The Nerd Table, airing every Monday morning at 7am on the CKCC radio channel. Eric Flores, Dan Peck, and myself discuss everything from movies, TV shows, video games, music, sports, and more, while we tell hilarious stories, interview interesting people, and just have fun conversations about the things we enjoy. Check us out every Monday at 7 a.m. on CKCC Radio. And if you're a fan of The Simpsons, CKCC Radio delivers the Stupid Sexy Podcast every Friday evening as Dan Peck and I review every episode of The Simpsons ever. All this and many other great shows can be found on CKCC Radio. Listen to us wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And we're back here on By the Numbers with Trajan Horn, Daddy of the Galaxy, current True Wrestling Champion. And we are now going to get to that part where you win the True Wrestling title. We are in Berwick, Pennsylvania, and we're going to group these two matches together. We have October 6, 2018, match 1021, and then November 24, <laughs> 2018, match 1025, where you win the title, both against Samuel Adams. Yeah. Uh, so the cool thing about these matches was, um, I wasn't supposed to win, uh, I wasn't supposed to win the true wrestling title. I think we were just having these matches just because uh, the fans were really liking it a whole lot. The fan, I, I think Sean was starting to see if the fans were starting to like me a bunch and the fans had a thing with Sam Adams as well. Uh, so I think this is the latter match, right? You, this is. The latter match was first, and then the second match was the one where RC was in the quote unquote cage. Oh yeah. <laughs> so the latter match. See the cool thing about the latter match. So like real quick, if I could touch on it, even if if it's not on this one. Oh, it is. <laughs> I I wrapped that one too. Oh okay, cool. Cool thing about that ladder match was um, I had the idea of like. And it's an idea that's obviously been done a million times. I was like, yo, what if I came down with the title and the ref was out? 
let's just see how like the, what the reaction would be because like what a, even if we don't do this anymore, even if we don't have another match, like what a good heel heat it would be if uh <clears throat> like you know you you fucked me over if I already brought the title down, you know, and then you you know steal it off me. We'll see what happens there. You know, we'll build something up there. And I mean, Sean liked the idea. So, uh, we ran with that. And I remember when I came down, first of all, this was the first match that my Nana, my poor sweet grandmother, has ever come to see me wrestle. She surprised me. And, uh, I was like, well, shit. Uh, the first match that you decided to surprise me to come see me wrestle, is I'm about to fuck a dude up with a ladder. <laughs> like, you're not like, you know, hey, I'm a professional wrestler. It's like, this is what you're about to get me and another man beating each other with construction equipment. So, uh, but yeah, so I remember coming down with that title and the, the crowd being super hyped, man. It's like really, really excited. And then he finally, uh, hit me with a chair, uh, which knocked the title out of my hands. The other refs came out, yada, yada, yada. Like, he won the title. But I remember the shift when that happened. Like, the crowd was really excited. He won. And then he fucked me over. And then he got that title. And the crowd immediately switched on him. And I was just like, whoa. That's, like, that was, I think, one of my, like, my big experiences of, like, whoa, that's what it's like to, like, control a crowd a little bit, you know what I mean? Like, that's what it's like to do it right, you know? It's like, not that I've never, like, gotten a pop or had trouble getting pops or anything like that. It was just, like, that was the first time that I felt, like, oh, that was a genuine emotion right there. It wasn't just, like, we like you, cheer, we don't like you, boo. It was, like, that That was raw emotion there, and that was, like, like, really good. I remember being high on that feeling for days after that. Even, and I lost. <laughs> and I remember this was planned so perfectly because you were chasing either Sam or RC around the ring and you just ran me over. <laughs> and and that's when RC called out the other refs to get me out of there. And while while all of us were not paying attention, that's when you got the belt and everything happened. Well, yeah. they were carrying me out. So, like, it was just planned so perfectly. And, of course, this then led to walking <laughs> RC in the quote-unquote cage. The shark, <laughs> the shark cage. <laughs> yeah. That, oh, man. He wrestling sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they like so they built this like it you did look like a shark cage. I'm pretty sure this is the match where Sam Adams slice slices his finger open, right? Yeah, because he like someone insisted on using a pocket knife or some kind of knife to to do so oh to cut the Turnbuckle. The, the turn, turnbuckle pad off. And I was like, I was like, I'm sure we have another way we could do this. And Sam's like, no, it's cool. And next thing you know, Sam's bleeding from his hand everywhere. And like, <laughs> just like, okay, 
Um, I, I, I guess we need some tape to tape him up. And Sam's taping himself up in the ring, which is like, like who would have thought a spot with a knife would go wrong? I, well, I mean, it could have gone way worse. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah, that match, that was like this match here that we're on. Um, I didn't expect to get the pop when I won. Because like we, I teased them, you know what I mean. So in my head, I was just like, like it was a one night stand, you know what I mean. Like I got that, I got that good little pop. But, like I didn't think it was gonna happen again. And then like, and let me tell you something. Uh, winning, being champion at True is one of my favorite experiences and feelings that I've had in this business. Just because like that True crowd has treated me so well, and I feel like in my time in true like i really like that crowd has like, if you ever feel like a family crowd like that's your family crowd like when you go out it feels like you're going to perform in front of family like, that's that true crowd like they i had so many good feelings um and this i think this sam adams match that we're talking about is the match that i won the title i'm pretty sure this is the match that i got showered in swisher sweets when i came out because I used to wear a Swisher Sweet shirt, and the true fans, uh, they do like they do the uh, streamers. And I remember just coming out, dude, and just like gig about to like do that little uh, little roll into the ring, and then just like feeling like these pelts, and I'm like, whoa! And like you see a couple of streamers, or I think there's a couple of streamers, and then all of a sudden it's just like I'm looking down, and there's just Swisher Sweets just all over. I guess. <laughs> So, like, to treat me for this match, they just bought boxes of Swisher suits and just, like, threw them in the ring at me instead of using uh, streamers. I was like, dude, this is fucking the wildest thing I've ever experienced. I had cigars for months. (laughs) (laughs) By the time I finished them, they're stale and gross. But, like, uh, this match, dude, this this match got a huge, this match got a big old pop uh, when I, like, when it was all over, and I dug it a whole lot. Uh, the only main problem with this match that I had was things just didn't go the way they were supposed to. At the end, uh, Sammy was supposed to hit me over the head with a chair, and, like, my hands were supposed to be behind my back, but enough that, like, I was going to be able to throw a hand up. And, like, dude, this match really, like, if there's a time where you could pinpoint where you think your brain's starting to get a little bit, like, a little bit roughed around, like, this was that moment in my life where, like, I, I feel like after this shot, things have been a little bit different. Because, like, my hands are held behind my back, the chair comes fucking slamming forward, and just, like, I just take a clean, like, just, I just take the whole chair to my head. There's no, like, there wasn't a slide off, there wasn't, like, a, you know, maybe because my hand was supposed to be there, but, like, when I took this chair shot, like, I literally, my forehead indented the whole, like, seat part of the chair. And I remember for, like, four or five days after that match, just, like, I couldn't, like, bright lights just really didn't feel so well. You know, like, being in bright lights, like, I remember, like, trying not even to leave my house. I called off work for the rest of, the, like, that week. Uh, just because, like, I was doing road construction, like, I didn't feel safe on the road, like, it was just one of those situations where, like, 
it like it, I was rattled for like a, a minute with that one. Like it, it took me a while, and like after that, like you know how you how you perform perform mentally and verbally, and after that match, I feel like uh like a video game. Like but why I'm either missing a heart or like the health bar hasn't been able to go back up. So it's just like, but the payoff was it was I got to perform in front of a fantastic crowd who definitely appreciated it. (laughs) (laughs) They definitely did. I always remember Avery popping so huge uh, when you won the title because she and Ashley had come out to to the show that night and they don't come to all of them. Avery likes to come and see me work. Um, If you're unfamiliar um, with the show, Avery is my seven-year-old daughter. And uh, at this point, she it's just about before she's turning five. And um, she was so excited when you won the title. <laughs> so excited. And I, I will always remember that. Yeah, I mean, I mean even that, you got to think about, it, like, I've, at this point, I think I've already been wrestling for like a year or two. So, like, you know, I've, I've gotten to, to watch her grow up. To, you know, even the point she's at now. So it's just like, it, it's, it's neat. Like, that's a neat experience. It's always neat to connect with people. I think that's the one thing that's always kept me, um, super tied into wrestling is just like, I give two fucks less about having an ego. I really just care about, like, I'm very big on having people be able to escape. And I've seen it on different spectrums. And, and even Maddie, you know it. Like, there's definitely been, there's definitely been a time where you were watching a band and the whole fucking world can collapse around you. And it just would not matter at all. You know, and like I've gotten to see DJs and I've gotten to see hardcore bands and all kinds of bands where literally you just, you don't even want to move. Your eyes are just fixed and like a whole, and like that's the same thing with wrestling is like, I try to purvey is just like, I'm trying my best to like if if like you worked all week that Friday night if that's going to be your time out you're going to come see me or something or Saturday night whatever. I hope for that 10 15 5 minutes that I'm in that ring if you could just forget about all your bullshit and just be lost in it and like that's the one thing about the true like the true crowd that I dig because like I feel them getting lost. Even when we eventually moved the true mill, there was kids coming in from like New York, like eighteen and nineteen year old, twenty year old kids coming in from like all all around to come see like to check these shows out because they didn't even have it. And like they're coming up and talking to me and they're like, dude, this is I've never experienced anything like this. Like this is just the greatest thing I've ever seen. It's just like, fuck, thanks, man. <laughs> I try. I really I try my best for you, so I appreciate it. I appreciate it all. And I think with experiences like the True Mill and the GSW Arena, like things like that, you and I have a very similar upbringing musically as well, where we, in in our formative music years, I was a little bit older than you when I finally got into what I'm into now, but going to little shows like Metropolis and Home Base up here, just that very DIY kind of, feeling and atmosphere and attitude it's fucking sketchy man (laughs) the the sketchy things i've seen the hardcore shows that's that could be a different podcast but 
That's and that's the that's the thing, man, is like it is like it's super it's it's super punky, it's super DIY and like that's that's why like you just say whatever you want about like anybody can say whatever they want about indie wrestling, but like if it wasn't for bingo holes and if it wasn't for and it's the same thing with hardcore music and punk music and metal, and if it wasn't for shitty bars and bingo halls and VFWs and, you know, whatever you can get your hands on to book, like, like, I, like, then, then it doesn't, like, those experiences don't, like, the big stage experiences don't matter if it's not for those small moments, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's, that's like, that's why I always say, like, it's, like, or I'm always saying, like, it's super needed. Like, all, like, all this shit's super needed. Like, uh, like these small events and like I've wrestled in so many sketchy places. I wrestled in a carnival surrounded by carny rides and people. Uh, I wrestled in a church that's definitely not a church. And then I've, I've wrestled in a Catholic high school down the street. You know what I mean? So it's just like, it's, it's super, it's super punky. And that's like, that's a, like, I, I, I like that aesthetic a whole lot. Keep it sketch. <laughs> <laughs> if there's one, if there's one uh, overarching theme, overarching theme from this podcast, it's to keep indie wrestling sketchy. Keep so it, sketch. it doesn't get much more indie than generic cult gimmicks, and we have a couple matches coming up here with <laughs> the movement. I believe. Uh, can we fucking skip over this? I'm <laughs> sure. <laughs> So, June 29th, 2019, we're back in Berwick for both of these. You work Clay in the singles, where I actually had to cut a promo beforehand saying that um, Sean and, and Tommy were banned from ringside, and if you won, then the movement had to break up. And then I'm a hero. I'm the hero. I'm the hero. Call me the hero. <laughs> no, oh, you were a hero in this case. And then... The following month, we're back in Berwick, uh, July 27th, 2019. These are matches 1054, 1062. The first one's you and Clay in singles. And then the following month, you and Clay are teaming against Sean Andrew Jones, which is Sean from Cashmasters, and Thomas, who is Tommy Vex. Dude, uh, I think it's one of these matches. It has to be. Uh, is this the match where, like, you held me in your lap? On the outside of the ring, do you remember? Like, do you remember us having like, a, like a small, intimate moment on the outside I, of the I, ring? I do. I just remember like, <laughs> I don't remember any of the spots where I don't remember how we ended up, but I remember like, like you were checking on me, and I'm like in your arms, and I'm just like. Brother, I love you. I love you, Maddie D. And you're like, I, I love you too, Trajan. <laughs> and I'm like, I remember another time. My other favorite time about you. This is what I like the most about you. Is I lose my nose ring. I'm just like, Maddie, give me your hand. And you're like, what? Give me your hand. You reach your hand out. I just give you my nose ring, and you just look at it for a second, and you're just like, what the fuck? It's <laughs> like put it in your pocket. I need that shit later. And then you held my nose ring. I'm pretty sure for the whole the whole wrestling match. And then at the end you're like, oh here. And then you just like pull my nose ring back out. And I'm just like, oh, I should almost fucking close up on me. But dude, 
No, there's not a lot of people you just hand your grody ass sweaty nose ring to and they're just gonna throw it in their pocket for later for you. <laughs> the look I gave it was a look of God damn it, not again. <laughs> I remember doing a spot where I I <laughs> I showed I showed you my penis. That was a spot that we did. Ugh. Why does that <laughs> have to keep coming up? But that's okay. Just, because at the end of this night in July um, you do wind up losing the true title. I do. Wait, um, did you? Yeah, because we are, after the show, at oh. in Bloomsburg, <laughs> and you face the challenge of the Black Dolphin. <laughs> Dude, I, <laughs> I can't. I can't. Fathom, this is the trouble for all of that happened, and I just, I first of all, what a waiter! He was so excited that we were all there and who we were to meet us, and like, so uh, a little backstory here is Black Dolphin is a very large man. Uh, I think he might be like six three. He's a big, big dude, and he's our waiter at Denny's. And, like, this whole time, he's just, like, hearing our stories. He's sitting down with us. Like, he's messing with us. We're, like, we're messing with him. Like, we're just, like, it's pretty much like we had Denny's to ourselves, and we were just playing around. He hosted a professional wrestling play date, essentially. And, like, uh, I was, like, Yo, man, I have the title on the card. He's like, No, you don't. I'm like, dude, what a what a small celebrity feeling of some shitty indie wrestling wrestler telling the waiter of Denny's that he's got his indie title belt in the car. <laughs> so like, he's like, Go get it. I go get it. I'm like, Do it. Like, you know, we go through the whole thing of like, Be cool if you like, you know, give me a big old punch and beat me for the title. And also, because I always, like, how this comes about is I'm always teasing Sean that I, like, I pause, I pawn the, I pawn the title off. Like, I, I, I'll walk into True and go, hey, man, we, we got a problem, you know, I need a beer money or whatever. Like, yeah, but, like, you know, figure something else out. So, uh, you know, the idea stems from, like, dude, how funny it would be to lose the title to the Denny's guy and be like, yo, Sean, I can't fucking, I, you know, I understand if you don't have a spot for me, but I can't come through because I lost the title. So, like, you got to book the Black Dolphin. <laughs> he has he has your championship title slick. I don't, so it's like, you know, it's it's, it's way the bread and butter. What an experience! See, I I thought I was gonna not remember anything, but it turns out that the the brain juices are flowing. And I remember the Black Dolphin night. There's a there's like 15 of us, maybe more at Denny's. It's me and you and and uh, Brad uh, and Eric Pinhas and the Devastated War Machines. Stepdads. And stepdads and the Whisper and Molly McCoy. Oh, and Awesome Kong. Oh, <laughs> no, was that the was that the uh, Awesome Kong? I don't think that was the Awesome Kong one. No, she was definitely there when the Black Dolphin won the belt. She was. Dude. Then Joey Image was there too. Yeah. So, yeah, this was um, this was quite the group of people to see 
the Black Dolphin, who got that nickname because he was a swimmer. And uh, he and he, he is black, so he's the Black Dolphin because Black Dolphins are rare. But they are great swimmers, as they should be because they're dolphins. And what a good, what a well thought out gimmick, too. Like, I, I the whole, the whole, whole gimmick is good. I don't know if he, I don't think, I don't know if he came up, if he worked us and came up with that on the spot, or if he's just been playing that since childhood. <laughs> Either way, it worked. Um, I have video of it somewhere, or someone does, I'm sure. It's on Instagram, it's on Twitter too, somewhere. Of the Black Dolphin defeating Trajan for the true wrestling title. <laughs> in Denny's, while he was clocked in on the ship. Yes. Well, while he was actually uh, getting us refills on soda, he he found time in between to pit trade <laughs> for the true wrestling title. Hey, man, you fill my coke up? Yeah, when I come back, I'm I'm whooping that ass. <laughs> <laughs> and we we are going to pause here one more time uh, for some words for some other podcasts, and we'll be right back with the with the uh, final segment here of by the numbers of Trajan Horn on CKCC Radio. Hi, this is Anthony from the IWEP Network. We're a collection of weekly podcasts that vary in all different types of topics. We can be found on all social media, as well as any podcast or music app that you may use, as well as YouTube. We go live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch every Friday and Sunday. Here's a lineup of our five shows that you may be interested in. Interviews with Everyday People. Interviews and conversations on a positive note and just getting to know each other. Everyone has a story. Bangin' Beers podcast, beer reviews, hanging out with some friends, and much more. Truth behind illusion. Are you into ghosts, monsters, conspiracy theories, and more? Then this show will be for you. Tornado Tag Podcast. Pro wrestling stories, news, and show reviews. We love supporting indie wrestling, so come check us out. Not Cool in High School Podcast. A pop culture show where we cover movies, television, comic books, and video games. A weekly topic. So come hang out with us. We would love to hear from you. Follow us on all social media, and we'll see you soon. It's the most successful independent wrestling promotion of this generation. It's the place where the stars of today made their name. Now get the inside story of Ring of Honor from those that lived it with an honorable mention. Join Ring of Honor alumni Shane Hagedorn and his co-host Jeff Schwartz as they break down a classic Ring of Honor event every Tuesday and get the behind-the-scenes scoop and inside stories that you won't hear anywhere else. An honorable mention available every Tuesday on your favorite podcast platform. For exclusive bonus content, plus early ad-free access to every show, check out patreon.com slash an honorable pod. Welcome back to By the Numbers here on CKCC Radio. Referee Matt Durkin and Daddy of the Galaxy, Chubby Daddy, Trajan Horn, true wrestling champion, joining me here. And Trajan, when we went, before we went to break, you had suffered a soul-crushing defeat at the hands of the Black Dolphin. <laughs> True wrestling chose not to recognize the Black Dolphins' reign because it happened in the Denny's. He was robbed. It was bullshit. He was robbed. (laughs) And you brought your true wrestling title to Bloomsburg for Fight for a Miracle 5, 5 on 5, Steel Cage Match, War Games. You are teaming with Rhino and Brad DeMeo and God, a Clay and. Who else was in that match? <laughs> Jason Furious was in that match. Jason Furious. And you were against 
Sam Adams and Bo Dakota and RC and Bull Hightower and I don't think Jason Ferris was on my team. I think Jason Ferris was on the opposite team. Oh, that's right. Because you're feuding with him eternally. Who was the fifth guy on your team? I don't it know. Supposed, it was supposed to be Tim Rush, but he couldn't make it, so he got replaced by Clay. I don't Anderson remember. Yeah. You know, the book is in my office with me. Hold on. Yeah, you gotta get that book. Oh no. Wrestling Nomicon. So, match 1068, it is Rhino, Trajan Horn, Brad DeMeo, Jason Furious, and Clay Drasher against RC, Sam Adams, Bo Nakota, Bull Hightower, and Sage Matthews. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> Why do I remember Jason Furious being in that match then? He was, he was on your team, I just said so. I just, oh. read, the, I just read it off. <laughs> I was a <laughs> so this cage <laughs> no 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 no. it wasn't it wasn't a cage <laughs> it was a fucking dog kennel <laughs> it was actually multiple dog kennels that they bought to fit around this ring essentially <laughs> uh, and so this was way 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 sketchier than the GSW cage. This W cage is well built and well thought out. This cage <laughs> just fucking ridiculous. Like I just I, I I can't express how sketchy this cage was. So much so that it was one of those situations. The funny thing about indie cage matches is sometimes you go you hear the promoter go, Yeah, we got a cage. But don't uh don't throw anybody into it. <laughs> and don't try to climb it. Why do you have the cage? Why do you have the cage then? Why? What? What? Why are you having this cage if we can't do cage activities? <laughs> yeah, it's just it's so silly to me, and I don't think that was the intention. Who knows? Maybe someone was like, "Hey, Sean, like I got a cage," and he was like, "Cool," and he was like, "Yeah, it's a good cage, ain't it?" And it's like, nope. No, it's not. It's not a good cage, but fuck, we can't get another one. <laughs> no one's going to run to Lowe's, you know, and try to build a cage. So it's just like, dude, oh, God. I wish the payoff to that match was we did a big old bump where, like, Rhino speared somebody, and then, like, cage fell off the sides, like like the uh, exploding ring gimmick. <laughs> At least make it worth people's while instead of just, like, and, and the cage, like, it's not that it didn't look nice, per se, but it was very short. It was so short, and it was sketchy. It felt very collapsible. What happens, um, though, man? Like, we're not, I, it's like, not everyone just has cages laying around, and someone, and when someone says they do, I guess you, like, you just got to trust their word that it's a good one. <laughs> Um, I remember Bull, Bull Hightower being taller than the cage. Yeah. Nothing that, yeah, nothing to make him look more like a giant. <laughs> than the cage he is taller than. But this was yeah. fun. You were in it for most of the time. And yeah, I gave, I gave somebody a pile driver. I, I look very unimpressed with the pile driver in the picture. Maybe that'll be the picture that we used for the, for the album art for, for this, um, 
to this episode. Yeah, you don't like my pile driver, Maddie? Is that why you don't, I, you don't watch my matches? I, 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 clearly, there's a pattern here of me refing your matches. I don't know, man. It's not like we skipped over any, so. <laughs> <laughs> we were never at Steamtown. But we did go back to the Scranton area as part of the Backbreakers Tag Tournament. You and AJ Evers as the Funk taking on the Diamond City War Machines match 1081, October 26, 2019. AJ Evers, you mean the, one of the, the greatest men to ever live? No, I mean like, AJ Evers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, AJ Evers brings the best out of me in everything in life, I think, in tag team wrestling. Uh, I, like, I don't know. Me and AJ Evers have natural chemistry. It's like, it's, it's an incredible thing. Like, I can bounce ideas off him. He can bounce off ideas off me. He's another person who I've gotten to spend plenty of time with outside of the ring and, uh, frolicking to robot music. But, uh, so the other tier of this match is that we're going up against Pin Hat. And Brad, and Brad's always been like a big mentor, like an uncle to me in this business. And like me and Pin have also been very close. So it's just like, this is a cool gimmick. I believe this is the match where me and Brad fought all the way around the building, like through the bar and back in. But like we both stopped and took a piss in the parking lot because that's what you got to do. No one's following us. I was like, oh, good time to cut this shit off. I gotta take a piss quick. And then, you know, we fucking crawled back in through the, crawled back in through the room. And I, I feel like this, the finish was probably something that was sketchy. But, uh. Don't oh, talk about that finish. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah, this fucking finish is the finish where you give Brad the pile driver, isn't it? And, yeah, uh, and he doesn't respond to my Iggy, or I didn't Iggy him, and he said for me to get him ice from under the ring, and I'm like, fuck, he's hurt. And then I went in the back, and you may have been very upset because you thought you hurt Brad. So, like, Brad just came back, essentially. And, like, me and him were already, like, we were rolling up at Backbreakers and, like, you know, getting him back into the swing of things. And uh, he told me, he's like, you know, in the 20-some years that I've been wrestling, I've never taken a like an actual pile driver before. And I was just like, well, I, I don't know, Slick. I don't know if it's going to be good. I mean, like, I just, like, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the first to, like, you know, if I give you a pile driver, something happens, you know, like, I kill you. <laughs> you know, like, you just came back, blah, blah, blah. So we're in the back and we're bullshit. We're shooting the shit about, like, what's going to happen. And, uh, He's like, yeah, you know, we'll come back in, fight, 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 we'll come around, and then you'll give me, like, the, uh, the power driver. And I was just like, oh. All right, man. You know, I, uh, I will go for it. So I remember, uh, he got, he got up sketchy. I didn't get him up good enough on my end. And, like, I don't know, he kind of just went for it. And, uh, so I give him this power driver, and, he just he was, he's like not really like responding right, saying he's hurt. And like when I first started wrestling as a young, passionate young gun, uh, 
if I if I didn't like the way something went, I was one of those people at first who like would throw a fucking fit. And then like I learned that that's the the dumbest thing possible to do. But I stopped being that person. So like I'm have learned to be very good with like controlling. If something doesn't go my way, if something doesn't happen the way I wanted to or anything, just like whatever. It is what it is. There's gonna be a million matches. All most of them are gonna be something's gonna go wrong. It's gonna be super sketchy. So like uh but I remember going in the back and just like snapping out. Like I immediately, as soon as I walked in the back, I slapped the wall. Cause like I'm mad at myself. You know, like I didn't want to do this spot. I didn't want to do it. It didn't go the way I wanted it to do. And like I just killed my friend in front of, or I just paralyzed my friend in front of like, you know, fucking 40 people, 50 people. You know what I mean? So it's just like, I it just like, Whirlwind of emotion, and then I remember like him being not carried in the back. Cause he's a big, he's still a big boy at this point. But like you know, like ushered into the back, and him coming up, me just like being like, oh my god, like at least his feet are moving, and then him smiling, being like, ah, got you, kid. And I was just like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> you should have died in that ring, cause like I, I am now going to. You know, <laughs> like, I just remember being so mad, like, what a, like, what a shitty rib to play on somebody. You know, I'd rather you shit my gear bag than pretend that I just paralyzed you and ruined, like, how do I explain that to your mother, you know? <laughs> um, from my experiences with his mother, you don't. You let someone else. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do, get her an Olive Garden gift card? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Um, Brad, I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's what I said, Brad. <laughs> so we move along here. The next month, we're back at True. We're back in the True Mill. And you are now defending the True title against Sam Adams in match 1090. <laughs> yes. Um, I think, oh, man. This match. So at this point, I was doing a taping for Shakara. Uh, where I was doing a quick job for them, and I drove, I essentially had to hop in this car from Philly after doing a taping with Quackenbush all fucking day, and not, like, not eating, just, like, going in, doing this thing all day, and then, like, then leaving, already beat up and tired, and now I have to drive from Philadelphia like, deep in Philly, all the way to Burrock, Pennsylvania. Luckily, the cool thing is the rental I had was a Dodge Charger. But, like, it also snowed. And Sean's trying to keep it cool, but I can tell he's pissed because, like, it's getting late. The champ's not here. Uh, There's a match scheduled. There's gimmicks, like, things that are supposed to happen story-wise scheduled and he's you know I don't even know where he's at and it's snowing <laughs> like, it wasn't a heavy snow but it was like it was an it was a recipe for disaster and I remember just going really really fucking fast and just trying to get the true and I remember getting out of the car and Sean meeting me in the parking lot and being like let's go let's go let's go let's go and like I literally ran to the door, which where the entrance was, 
put my bag down and walked straight into the crowd and started beating up Jason Furious. Like, I got out of the car, locked the door, I was in the ring, in street clothes. Like, my gear bag was literally right behind the curtain. That's how, that's like, that's literally like the nick of time that I was there. You know what I mean? Like, as soon as I got there, five seconds later, I was beating the hell out of somebody. Um, And I remember, I kind of feel bad for Sammy in this situation, because, like, Sammy was just trying to do what Sammy does, but, like, I was just not in a good mood. Like, I'm rushing around. He's trying to call shit that I just didn't like. You know what I mean? It's just like, and at the time, I guess I should have just told him I didn't like it. And then, like, there was a couple of things that I told him I didn't like and that I didn't want to do and I wanted to try to do something different. And he was just like, well, no, wow. And it's just like, we just were not riffing right. <clears throat> at this point, I already did a bunch of stuff with Sam Adams. You know what I mean? So it was just like, he was trying to kind of call a match where, like, it was something we've already done. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I'm going to jump you from behind. And at this point, the way this, things were going with True, because I've been True Champion for like a year, like almost two years now or something like that, like a ridiculous amount of time. Because if we look at it, I won the title, and what were we saying? Uh, this is this is one year since you won the belt. This yeah, year. yeah, you know what I mean. So it's just like, yeah. So yeah, I've already, I've already, I've already had the title, and the way the story was going for the, the since I've had it was like. Somebody jumps me from behind. I beat them. Someone jumps me from behind. I beat them. And the thing I was trying to get over to Sammy was just like, hey, man, listen, like, this doesn't tell any kind of story because, like, you've tried this shit and you've lost and now you're going to try it and you're going to lose. And it just doesn't do anything for anybody. You can just go out there and have a match at this point. You know what I mean? And I'm tired. You know what I mean? I think I, I, think I got some crazy pre-workout from, like, uh, Fucking uh, Turner, yeah, <laughs> like some sample pack of pre-workout where you're not supposed to take the whole thing or mix it with another thing, and here I am just mixing and matching. So it's just like uh, I remember there was two pile drivers in the match, and it was just like I don't know, and that, it wasn't a bad match. It definitely could have gone better. It's just like I just was not in a good mood, and it was based mainly based on like being tired. I was up all night the night before going over the taping. The next day, you know, I did a taping, drove as fast as I could, immediately went in. Like, I never had that – I don't think I ever had that second of just, like – I remember getting dinner and eat, like, stuffing my face with it on the drive, too. I never had a second to, like, sit down and be like, no, I'm not complaining about that. You always got to work under pressure. I think this was just one of those days where it wasn't about it. Me and him were just not riffing at all on anything we're like, you know what I mean? It's just like, uh, what a what a night that was. Sorry, I had to be part of it. that. Was probably the match where I put my dirty nose ring in your hand. Well, I just remember you walking through the curtain that night to come out for the match. And I, I watched you come out through the curtain. I thought to myself, he's got nothing right now. He's got nothing, and um, this is ah. not this is not gonna be what these people are expecting. But in that situation, it couldn't be because you were just exhausted. I like you could just feel the, the lack of energy as you came through the curtain. 
It just like it felt like it felt like watching a re- rerun. You know when you watch like hold on. <coughs> you know when you watch reruns on TV like but it's the same it's the same episodes over and over again. You know yeah. like that 2 a.m. episode of the nanny. Like it's just it's the same one. That's what it felt like. Like it just you know what I mean. Like it just. We, we like we already feuded. It had big old payoffs and big old things that like this match doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be like that because this isn't even part of the story that's going on. Because it was me and Jason Furious feuding. You know what I mean? So it's just like it just felt forced. It just like, it, it it just wasn't right. Those fans still got a good fucking match. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing that like I definitely could have done better, and I definitely hope I've made it up to them. But like. It was still, for what it was, it was still cool. But it, even for them, I felt like they were just, they are watching a rerun. They've already seen this TV episode. They've already seen this TV, like, you know what I mean, this TV show. You know, it's it's 2 a.m. They're just, they're, this episode is already played twice in the night. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. Good. And no disrespect to anybody who's in that ring or no disrespect to True or anything like that. It was just, I don't know. It just wasn't. I guess I wasn't there. And also, it kind of, I, if you think of where I just came from, too, is like, what, what a, what a riff in the ego. Cause like, I, dude, I just came from wrestling for a company that I've always, since a teenager, I've wanted to not only go watch a live Shakara show, but to wrestle on a Shakara show. And then, to go there and pretty much go there to get my ass kicked in five five minutes, if that five seconds. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm all for jobbing. I was happy to do it. I'm always happy to do it. I'm not at all like to me. Jobbing is you're putting somebody else over. You're making somebody else look good. The way I, I think it was me and Devontae's. The way I set that match up was like me and him set that match up was cool. Everyone liked it with the camera angles, the crowd, whatever. It was great. But like going from going to a company where you're pretty much just nothing and you're pretty much there just to get chewed up like bubblegum to then going and being the, you know, the, like going to sit on your throne. Yeah, can you imagine like Darth Vader going and getting his ass kicked by like a fucking Ewok, and then like not not that Devontae is an Ewok, has a big boy and he's a very talented athlete, but I mean like imagine going and getting your ass kicked and pretty much being a scrub and then going back and being like oh, I'm the ruler of the galaxy. It's like no, you're not. Like <laughs> you just like you just got embarrassed in a wrestling ring, but. That's the thing about it is, like, I guess my mind wasn't there because, you know, my mind should – because it was just, like, a little trip of being, like, well, I want to actually wrestle for that crowd. That would be really, really cool. And now, like, I don't know. Now I get to wrestle with all those guys on Camp Leapfrog. So it's just, like, it it works out all the same. I've I've gotten to do things with Devontae's outside of that. It goes differently. So I could have – that night could have went better. I feel like I gave everyone – on both ends, everything I could, and I think it worked out because I still have this title sitting on my floor right now. <laughs> <laughs> not with the black dolphin, and not, yeah, not with the black dolphin. I didn't, I didn't win it back. 
at least we get to end our journey to this point together with a fun match. Um, before the COVID hit, we were on the second uh, Bumps and Bruises wrestling show at the True Mill. Is February 21st, 2020. Match 11-3. Your team with Clay Drasher against Blue and Gold. I was just talking to my fiancé about this. I do not remember this match happening. Turner just posted this the other day, and I literally commented on it. This happened, question mark? Because this is how my brain works. And that it, it was probably a good match. But, like, I have no recollection of this match at all. Maybe I gave... Turner or Pollard Driver, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember it. And I feel silly not to because how dare I not appreciate time spent with my uncle, Matt Turner. But, uh, I have no recollection. I don't remember this match happening. I hope you, I hope you can help me. <laughs> the most I remember of it is that it was just fun. These bumps and bruises shows were just like, a fun Friday night to get those kids, to get those kids in front of a crowd. And it was one of those things like there was no pressure. We just, we, we kind of just went out there and had a good time. That's and cool. I'm, I'm pretty sure you and Clay won because you guys were both champions of true and. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I remember now. Well, I mean, I remember, I remember the setup. Dude, first of all, Heather is Heather and Turner are just amazing people. Uh, Turner's one of the first people like I really like. I don't know, he's one of the first people I started looking up to when I started wrestling, just because like I don't know, he's cool. Like he's a like he's a cool cat. Like he's like. He's, he's like a, he reminds me of a generic dad who used to be really, really cool. And like, he's still cool. But like, if you were a teenage kid, you'd kind of find him embarrassing. Like, he's really into 80s metal. And like, he's really, really into this one thing. <laughs> I mean, it's like professional wrestling. He also used to, he was trained by CM Punk. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> he just reminds me of one of those dads. And like, that dude works incredibly hard. And uh, so does Header. I have Header's Christmas card on my fridge still because I haven't trained <laughs> for it. Uh, but dude, and then like Clay is one of my Clay is hands down one of my favorite people in this entire world. Like I love that dude so much. Uh, like that is somebody who I've really gotten to click with outside of the ring as well. Like, this is the cool thing about a lot of these matches and a lot of these, like, a lot of these stories is, like, it's all cool because it's all our, it's a tight-knit group of us. You know what I mean? Like, we're all friends. We all love each other. You know what I mean? We've all, so getting to do these matches is just, like, if we did this in front of two people, I wouldn't care because, like, I, you get to hang out with your friends. You know what I mean? So it's, like, uh, and the, the better thing about us all being friends is that you have that you could be silly. Your egos go out the door. I don't like. I there's no one. First of all, no one in that match has an ego. But like, 
you all the whole like, oh, I want to get this over. I want to get this over. Like, dude, fuck that. Do that when you're wrestling with some fucking green bar. Let's have fun. You know what I mean? Like, let's get groovy and let's just do stupid things. And like, that's, that's when you, I think that's when you build a neat environment. Cause like, <clears throat> and I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I called Turner out for hitting soft. I don't know. <laughs> He always talks a big, big. He always talks a big strike game, but yeah, when it comes to me and him striking, he's always real fucking, real pillowy, real pillowy in the fist. I start calling him. I'm gonna start calling him pillow fingers. What's up, mattress hands? <laughs> mattress hands. I'm telling um, you, yeah. Just one of the many fun concepts, such as uh, deconstructed pizza. That. <laughs> Poor Aerodroxus. We we ripped him so hard that night. That was uh, dude. pizza. Listen, listen. It's it. <laughs> the concept of deconstruction, deconstructed pizza uh, into spaghetti is just like that's legit. I know they come from the same recipe. It's just made differently. It's all trickery. It's it's all Big Brother trying to confuse you. It's uh, it's Italian food sorcery. <laughs> absolutely. So I look forward to adding to this list when the COVID ends. Until then, where can people find you on social media? On the social media, on the gimmicks, you can absolutely find me on Twitter at uh, D-A-D-D-Y of G-L-X-Y because I couldn't fit the whole entire thing. You can also find me on Instagram at Daddy Delix, that's D-A-D-D-Y. D E L I C and uh don't add me on Facebook. I'm not, I'm not, I won't accept. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, you can also find me on uh Outbreak Wrestling and on YouTube and you can find me on Camp Leapfrog and Maddie D, why don't you tell those beautiful people their promo card and promo code and where you can watch Camp Leapfrog? That'd be on IWTV independentwrestling.tv being its formal name. And as <laughs> if you are a new user to IWTV, you sign up, use the code word numbers, that gets you five free days as a trial to watch Camp Lead Frog, to watch old shows from GSW and True Wrestling, to see Trajan in these older matches, um, plus a whole catalog of other stuff. Um Make sure that you check out also here on the CKCC radio network. Oh, first, since we're doing socials, this show does not have its own Twitter uh, we j- or Instagram. We just kind of piggyback on this show off of the A-Show stuff. So it's at the A-Show on CKCC, both on Twitter and on Instagram. I no longer have Facebook, so if you try to add me, you're not going to find me. Um, <laughs> But also here on CKCC Radio, you can hear the A-Show, which is me and Chris Decker, as we have guests every bi-weekly. It alternates with this show, where we pick a year and a promotion, and we have a draft, and then we all build cards from our drafted rosters. Next week on the A-Show, it is what we're calling the Open Roster Grand Prix, and it's going to be with our wives, my wife Ashley, Chris's wife Ange, and you can draft any wrestler from any time frame ever. 
Um, two weeks from today, here on By the Numbers, Brute Van Slyke will join me. You can also check out the Nerd Table, the Stupid Sexy Podcast, and the Board to Death Bingecast, and so many other shows here on CKCC Radio. There's also our friends on the soon-to-be-named network with the Wednesday Night War podcast, where they review AEW and NXT and decide which one was better. There is Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, At Odds with Wrestling, Final Wrestling Place, and so much more. You can also check out the Final Wrestling Place guys on their new show on the North-South Connection called Viewer's Choice, where they do instant pay-per-view reviews and recaps. Um, You can also check out the Hooligans of Hops with Irish Kev. Uh, to the wrestling fans, that'd be Coach Leroy Skull and his co-host Rick, where they drink beer and then talk about the beer that they drink. And then finally, you can check out Not Another Sports Podcast with Jason and David, bi-weekly, airing the same day as the A-Show, where they talk about sports, but sports talk for everybody, so it's not really like inside baseball kind of stuff. It's more for a general audience. And Jason from Not Another Sports Podcast will be on episode seven of the A Show coming up in a few weeks. Trajan, this has been awesome. Matty B, I love you. I hope we could, I hope we could make that book a whole lot fatter and, uh, we could do more of these interviews because it is always a pleasure. You are always one of my favorite refs who's wrestled, I guess, a couple of my matches. And, uh, <laughs> I, I miss you, brother. It was nice seeing you not too long ago. I hope I hope you and the family are all very well, man. Much love. Likewise, and um, I miss seeing you guys around as well. And um, we'll just say Trajan works at a video game store, and we'll just say Avery did not like Pokemon Shield. <laughs> oh, man. You know what? She, she got very frustrated, but now she has Super Mario Party. So that has worked out a lot better, and it's more her speed, because she's seven. There you go. See? You know what? Even if uh, Trajan steers you wrong, the galaxy steers you right, and that's how it's all supposed to work, Daddy-O. <laughs> so until next time here on By the Numbers, my name is Matt, and stay tuned for more stuff here on CKCC Radio. Until then, we'll see you. We are the Glory Boys. We are the Glory Boys.